You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hey friends, welcome back to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 150 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg, who you'll be hearing from in just a few minutes. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts, too. Oh, and we also happen to be married to each other. So, hey, it's been a while. This is our first episode back from winter break. It's our first episode of 2021. It's been about, I think, five or six weeks since we've been together. I've missed you. I've really missed you. And of course, you know, while we were on break, we weren't just lounging around eating bonbons. I wish I need to do that for at least a week or two. But I've been really, really busy. Uh, One of the things I've been doing is working on a second podcast with therapist Kate Laurie. And she's been a guest here on American Sex a couple of times. Our new podcast is called Open Deeply. We're going to be dropping our first four episodes tentatively, knock on wood, knock on things, in late January, early February. So stay tuned. I'll be announcing all the details on my social media as soon as they're available. Now, over the hiatus, a couple awesome things happened. First, celebrate, get on your party hat, American Sex Podcast surpassed the 1 million download mark. Can you believe it? 1 million episodes over. Actually, we surpassed it. I want to say we're like a million and uh, 20,000, something like that. But because I'm a geek, I actually did some math. Uh, Okay. If we were to say each episode was an hour, and some are usually they're a little over, but we're just writing it down to an hour, and we put those listening hours back to back, that would be 42,274 hours or 116 consecutive years of back-to-back American sex podcasts. Can you believe that? So American fuckers, we are so thankful that you've stuck with us week after week, hour after hour, if we add it all up back-to-back, century after century. Thank you. Oh, another thing that happened, just happened a couple days ago. Uh, I won. XBiz Sexpert of the Year. I cannot believe it. Now, for those of you not familiar, XBiz is one of our industry's largest trade organizations. So this award is a really big deal. I am completely over the moon. Uh, Ken and I joke that I am the Susan Lucci of XBiz Awards because I want to say I've been nominated four times. I haven't won. And the, the award's only been around for like six years or something. It's a relatively new award. So thank you, XBiz. And thank each and every one of you, A, if you voted, but B, if you just, you're listening, you support me, and all of that counts, and it's so appreciated, so thank you. Another thing that happened while we were away, 
a bunch of shit went down with our government, including the storming of the Capitol. Like, what is going on? The season finale of the democracy has so many plot twists, I'm telling you. Um, So we record this in advance, too. So by the time this airs on the 18th of January, who knows what else is going to happen? There's something every day. And with the inauguration coming up this week, we are sure to have a hell of a week. But even before all that, shit went down. Soon as we went on hiatus, all this stuff happened. The the government and other outside influences on online censorship hit full force. If you've been following me during the hiatus on social media, I talked a lot about this on, on TikTok and Instagram. I even have a YouTube video up and I haven't put one of those up in a long time. Now, the reasons for the censorship are complex and they may surprise a lot of you. It looks like it's also going to get a lot worse and affect every single person who uses the internet, which damn sure is you because you're listening to this podcast and you couldn't do that without listening to it over the internet. So pencil in next week's episode because it is going to be a deep dive into everything that's behind this censorship. So please don't miss it. It's an important one. But this week, guess what? The Queen is back! We are talking rope bondage with Midori. Who's Midori? Everyone knows Midori, right? Dan Savage calls her the supernova of kink. She wrote the first English instruction book on Shibari called The Seductive Art of Japanese Bondage. So she is pivotal to the current craze. She also founded Rope Dojo and Fortefemme Women's Dominance Intensive. She teaches all over and also makes amazing challenging giant art. Midori has been with us before talking about things like negotiation, dominance, seduction. And this week we are diving into her first love, which is rope bondage. Midori guides us through rope for beginners. She explains how restraints give physical and emotional freedom to participants. Now, if you've ever spent time with those that consider themselves a part of the quote rope community, what they do is so fancy and so particular that it seems intimidating and completely unattainable for beginners. Now, Midori says, forget all that. Don't worry about it. We can all have fun with rope bondage. And she teaches us how to get started with things that we've all got right at home. We also talk long distance rope play, safety, scene ideas, and a lot more. Plus, we dive into the cultural origins of Shibari. Is it the ancient Japanese sacred art, like many of the rope enthusiasts claim? Or is there some cultural appropriation at play? So we talk about that too. But before we sink into this week's episode, I need to finish washing these balls. Boy, are they dirty. It has been like, what, five, six weeks or so since we've watched our balls. And new folks, if you're like, what is happening? Uh, we call housekeeping here in American sex ball washing because it's a lot more fun soaping up the twins than it is, I don't know, folding and putting away your laundry. Anyway, if you hadn't noticed, I kind of sneaky, stealthy, already started washing the balls at the open of this show. It's all been, hey, this is what's been going on. But there's one thing that I want to make sure that I do not forget. Oh, you remember this sound. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. 
I want to give a shout out to the folks who joined our Patreon family over the break. So big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Phoenix, Marissa, Caroline, Rachel, Catherine, Alan, Kat, Brittany, Christy, and Callisto. Thank you all for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon members. And if you're like, huh, I really enjoyed this ball washing. Maybe I should get on this Patreon stuff too. You can go to patreon.com slash American Sex and you're going to get stuff too, like bonus stories from our guests, extra full length episodes, all of our regular episodes early. You get American Sex Podcast stickers sent you in the mail, a shout out on the podcast, other random surprises. And oh, like for instance, just this Saturday, a couple days ago, Midori and Caroline Carrington and I joined Patreon forces for this amazing online social event for our patrons. We had a blast. So you get to do stuff like that too. And you know, Ken and I give almost all of our content, which is a lot more than just this podcast, almost all of it away to the world for free. Because we believe that these conversations about sexuality and identity are critical, they're important, they're relationship improving, they're life changing, and sometimes they're even life saving. And because of all those things, everyone should have equal access to them. So by supporting us, you allow this content to remain free and accessible for everyone. So again, go on and visit patreon.com slash American Sex to become a member. All right, that's it. These balls are clean. See, they weren't even that dirty after this long. Let's get into rope bondage and shibari with Midori. The queen is here, everybody. It's Midori. The queen Hello, has arrived. My <laughs> Hello, my darlings. I picture you waving with that little little Your queen majesty. wave. Yes. Your grace. It elbow, is elbow, wrist, wrist. Elbow, <laughs> elbow, wrist, wrist. So, all right. This is, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, your third time. And I don't know why it's only your third time on American Sex Podcast because, you know, you, you're the queen. Uh, but Because she's fucking busy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> But, you know, we've talked about some really great things, you know, in, in past episodes, we've talked about uh, negotiation and seduction and sensuality. But what we haven't talked about is one of the things that you're known for is rope. And I have to confess something to you. I this even is a day of confession. It is a day of confession. The other confession will... People have to find out later what that one we'll is. But that. that'll be a later thing. The confession is people think of me as like, oh, you're this, you know, you you know so much about kink and this and that. And yes, I do when it comes to mind fucks or like electric play or different things. However, I am horrible at rope. Like I don't do rope. It scares me. Rope, like I have directional issues. So I'm like, am I tying to the left or to the right? And I have like this mental block that I'm going to do it wrong. And it's so confusing. So oftentimes when I talk to guests and I ask them questions, I pretend like, let's pretend I'm a newbie. What questions would I be asking? The questions I'm going to ask you about rope are real because like rope terrifies me. Yeah, yeah. Uh- <laughs> So let's start there for for the person who is 
the rope novice. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think of kink and, and BDSM, oftentimes we think of rope bondage. So let's talk about, before we get into the nitty gritty or the tie wai or the naughty wadi. Uh, <laughs> the dopey ropey. The dopey ropey. <laughs> you know, I am I, I am uh, talking from California, so dopey ropey means something a little different over here. <laughs> oh, that's it does. true. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about kind of the the I don't know the broader the broader strokes of rope. Why do people like playing with rope? Why do people like tying? Both from the giver and receiver's perspective, what benefits does it give us? Oh, my goodness. All right. So uh, for every person who likes to play with rope, they have their own reason. But, of course, broad breaststrokes here. Let's see. It, uh, like so many bondage and all sorts of different kind of bondage, being restrained might actually give physical and emotional freedom, right, in terms of, okay, so, for example, me, if I'm uh if I'm having an orgasm, I tend to to kind of hold back my bodily responses a bit because if I go into like full on thrashing about, I I have knocked the the bedside lamp down and you know um, <laughs> in the midst of of fantastic grand mal orgasms, uh, <laughs> you know possibly injuring the partner. Yes. Um, and so, you know, there's a little bit of holding back for those of us who are grandly expressive bodily. Mm-hmm. But, ha- you know, having getting tied down might give us something to, like, struggle against. And there's also the, the fantasy and the feeling of surrender. And, of course, role-playing, you know, it's if we're playing, like, pirate captive games, mm-hmm. then handcuffs kind of don't translate so well because handcuffed you to the mast. No, no, no. If I had Captain Jack Sparrow or some other uh, pirate, I would want to tie him with rope to the mast mm-hmm. and then do horrible things. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, so, you know, rope works for that. Um, arr. Arr. Yeah. Pirate scene. God damn it. Um, <laughs> want to play my parrot? oh we we degrade quickly anyhow fantasy there's that then there's and there's the feel of rope of sliding across the skin or constraining because you know some people like leather for the smell of it right or the metal Mm -hmm. for the sensation and rope also has its own sensation whether it's cotton rope or or hemp or jute rope, or even the synthetic ropes, they have its own unique sensory pleasure. Mm. Yeah. So like, you know, for me, being around kinksters and, you know, rope people, there's a lot of intimidation there for a couple of reasons. Like one, I'm like, what kind of rope do I use? Do I use jute? Do I use hemp? Do I use cotton? Like, the, it seems like there's all these specific things I need to know. Yeah. And on that same note, you know, and we're going to talk about this, like, after we go through the basics, we're really going to get into this. But you hear a lot of people going like, oh, well, you need to know shibari, or you need to know blah, blah, blah. Rope snobs. Like yeah. They're, they're, like, a lot of people say they're the vegans of the BDSM world, that, like, you only have to <laughs> know somebody for three seconds to find out exactly what kind of fetish they have if it's rope you know in any hobby culture 
of the 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 nerds uh, uh, and the extremists, if you will, the deep divers can make it hard for everyone else. You know, it's it's kind of like it, it car nerds or like oh my god, baking nerds. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I'm happy if I can just manage to like make pancakes, right? <laughs> and it's edible. <laughs> Sort of doesn't count as baking, but it's got flour in it. Right. Give me an opportunity to have a little success. Whereas, like, um, my amazing fellow rope-loving friend Delano is actually an amazing baker, total baking nerd, right? Going into, like, all the nuance of the different flours and all that. Um, Whereas I'd be happy if it were just edible, when I make something, <laughs> so it's kind of like the okay. same as rope. Right? So we're going, we're going for pancakes, not like cake boss. Like when we're no, starting out. No, okay, no, okay. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> great yeah, analogy. Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Because I, um, I totally get it that there's a lot of intimidating imagery, the beautiful imagery, and photos and videos, and then. People get into the nth degree of detail on things. But for people who are just wanting to have a good time with their sweetie, you do not need to be an uh, an expert, um, all the details. You really need to abide by the fundamental objective and the mission of the rope bondage is for you and yours to have a lovely evening. Uh, That's all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That, that that is the that is the mission for you, the novice out there. And for those of you who see these amazing, beautiful images, go ahead and be inspired by it, but don't consider it an instructional. So it's kind of right. like all right. So I love watching movies like Fast and Furious. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And the driving, and the, wow, it's amazing, and the technology, and the souped-up cars, and all of that. I'm a middle-aged Asian woman driving a Volvo. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I am happy to just be able to have a nice drive up to the wine country. So, my job as a rope um, uh, rope bondage when I'm teaching rope bondage and as an educator, I like to think of myself as a driver's ed teacher for everyone. Hmm. I want you to be happy. And use the tools that you have. And I want this for anyone and everyone. And and even if you're you're going to end up being a stunt race car driver, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Right? And for most yeah. of us, you know, we're not like the we do rope bondage for personal pleasure. So mm-hmm. yeah, I will look at these beautiful images and I would encourage us to enjoy these beautiful images and understand that it's like looking at a fantasy, like looking at Fast and Furious or looking at Kick Boss. Mm, I love it. I love that analogy. So if I'm starting out and let's say I have um, cotton clothesline, can I start out oh, using that? Is there anything I'll make, wrong with I'll that? I'll make it even easier for you. Okay. Easiest rope bondage ever is... Okay, so imagine that that you are tying Ken up. Now, mm-hmm. Ken, do you have a pair of, say, like, um, high-top sneakers? Of course, Chuck Taylors. Excellent. So this is a point in which I would advise uh, Sonny to, for 
to tie those shoelaces together. With him wearing the Chuck Taylors and tie the shoelaces together. Now you have rope bondage. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. Actually, like that it. is how I started as a kid. Aww. Because when I was a kid, I was one of these small little kids in small for Japanese, right? So I could like duck down under somebody's desk while they were not looking. And <laughs> tie their shoes together. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> to the desk. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's funny. Did you ever get in trouble? No, because I was one of these, you know, butter went melt in my mouth and, you know, goody tutus. <laughs> so none of the teachers believed them. That's hilarious. And then I would turn around and, like, give them, shoot them a look, like, ha-ha. <laughs> and, and how did Midori grow up also to have sadistic tendencies? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? And as a kid, I also would like randomly pick things and make people eat it and convince them them that it was edible, though I had no idea. <gasps> I was that kid. I I so as toppy as I am, I do get like I don't identify as a switch, but I fucking sub. I don't you know, and I'm not yeah. ashamed to admit it. But like as a kid, I was that kid. I'm, like I, you gave I, me something to I eat was off the, the kid ground. Eating. Now I'm all immunocompromised. Pandemic. I was the kid <laughs> eating the. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, eat this. Eat, eat this worm. Eat okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, except today I actually know the edible plants. But so, okay, now making it super simple, instead of worrying about, you know, uh, what kind of rope to get, yeah, start off with cotton. I don't recommend clothesline because Mm -hmm. it's stiff and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But you know what's great is the wide cotton boot laces. Mm -hmm. You know, wide, flat cotton boot laces. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about neckties? Oh, great. As long as, you know, it's not one that you intend to wear after. No, I, I used, that's how I started off was like my shoelaces were neckties because I liked the way they felt because I could yeah. be constricted and tie myself up and it was silky, silky. And stockings. I mean, imagine oh. like, like slowly stripping off the stocking burlesque style and then taking that to tie somebody to, up Ooh. with. Yeah. yeah. But the, the rope thing, um, you know, Think of, when you think of, like, long, thick cotton, you know the, the shoelaces I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those are great because they're essentially cotton rope. And they're boot laces, so they're longer, and they lay flat. That's a really good one to start with, and that also means that you have you can quickly get supplies in innocuous places uh, really quickly for that date that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, other kinds of rope that I'm... I'm I like recommending is actually Doc Johnson's Japanese style bondage rope. And it's, and I, I am not sponsored by them or anything like that. I mean, I genuinely like the rope and it's the same stuff huh. that's sold in like Japanese sex and porn stuff shops, shops in Japan. Um, the Braverman sell, they sell rope. Everybody's I, got I, their I, I own no version idea. of rope. <laughs> yeah. And, it's hot now. And the yeah. packaging is corny and, and it's plastic clamshell. But you get a lot of rope. It's soft, and because it's affordable, you can cut it up. So now you want to have a pair of safety scissors just in case, and you want to have you know mm-hmm. all the 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 good uh, pre-negotiation, which we can refer to my my previous episode. Right. Uh, but keep it simple. And here's like 
number one practical tip for the new rope top is blindfold. When they are blindfold, your partner will feel the sensations but not see your funny face of indecision and confusion. Ah, I like Mm -hmm. that. I like that. So I have heard people say, you know, that they they give the cautious finger wag and and say, you know, rope bondage, it can be very dangerous. It could be considered edge play. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to, you know, constrict the wrong nerves and give people permanent nerve damage. And ah, and is that something that the the novice who's, let's say, doing a simple, you know, wrist tie needs to worry about? Or is that something that only applies to more advanced rope bondage, like suspension or whatnot? Um, I, I, I think there's a certain amount of making a mountain out of an actual hill. Yeah, maybe larger than a molehill. So there's practical, practical stuff, but I think that's true for any sort of kink, right? And the biggest help will be empowering the person bottoming and receiving the rope to be an active participant in their, in the scene and being um, active reporter of what their body's experiencing. So this is where, you know, like Hitchhiker's Guide says, don't panic and uh, be, be practical on things. You know, use common sense. If it, feels like, if it feels like it's tingly and that same sensation like sitting on your legs a little too long, then you need to change a few things. Um, I know that suspension bondage is visually amazing. It is not something for a person to start off with. And for that matter, Suspension bondage is not the ultimate in advanced bondage. There's not an ascension. There's not a, a technical escalator of, of ultimate achievement. That, that, and, and this is, it's easy to have this idea that the more advanced you are, the more complicated things you should be able to do. That is... True, only if you care about technical proficiency as opposed to mutual success and pleasure. I think of advanced rope bondage as having a higher percentage rate of mutual satisfaction. Okay. Wow, that's a great answer. Yeah, I love that. Jesus Christ, you're smart. (laughs) (laughs) it's like every pearl of wisdom that comes out of your mouth just like it's like you do you ever say bad stuff you ever say anything wrong yeah totally i mean ask me financial advice (laughs) ask me about cooking or baking i will tell you horrible things and while i'm at it i have this like random mystery plant eat it (laughs) yes ma'am yeah right yeah Oh, yeah, I, I just know a lot of stuff about a tiny, tiny range of things. Yeah. But yeah, you know, if, if we make the, our goal of being advanced as um, mutual satisfaction more often than not, mm-hmm. right? And not only mutual satisfaction, but like, oh, my God, my head has blown up. Um, that's advanced. So if you could actually take all the skills you learn and then strip it, strip it, strip it. I'm kind of at a point with my rope and I have been for quite a few years of 
Simplify, simplify, reduce, reduce, reduce. What is the simplest thing I can do with the least amount of thinking and maximum amount of connection and interaction and play Mm -hmm. to achieve the mutually desired goal? And this is why I say that, that rope bondage is not about knots. Rope bondage isn't even about rope. Rope bondage is about people. Mm. And so how do we simplify? So I, I have, now that we're in like pandemic land. Right. Right. I just did a long distance rope class and I had some ideas on that. Oh, yeah. I want to hear that. Okay. So, all right. So will, will, will you two role play with me? On this one? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, okay. What are you going to make me eat first, Midori? <laughs> well, no, you'll have to have some plum jam first. <laughs> She'll hog it all. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say that that the two of you, okay, so you you're sharing you're sharing your pandemic quarantine, and and I'm your playmate. That's all the way over in California, and I don't know mm-hmm. when I'm going to get to to play with you because you know COVID safety. Mm-hmm. So, but I long for you. So I may take some rope, some nice good cotton rope, and I might wear it on me for a couple days while I'm also wearing my favorite cologne on me. So mm-hmm. it gets, you know, my my skin and my scent on it, and my perfume, and then I put it in a Ziploc bag. And then mm. I mail it to you all. And then we have our uh, video date scheduled. And maybe there's a letter in that says, don't you dare open it until our date night. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, video date night comes and, you know, we've got, you know, we're all like each of us on either of our sides, um, getting into the mood and all that set up, everything's set up. And there'll be a point in which I'll ask you to open the, open the bag and take a deep sniff and then to bring it out and, and to let it flow over and run it over each of your bodies. And then, all right, so I need to figure out who's feeling bottomy and who's feeling toppish over there today. I'm bottomy, Sonny's topish. Oh and my do you goodness. like how I topped you into like me being the bottom? <laughs> you can top from the bottom anytime. As long as it ends up in you being the bottom, All I'm right. good. Completely comfortable yeah, being the bottom okay. because Sonny can't bottom. So point. then, Sonny, you are going to be my second in command and your hands are my hands. And when my hands okay. are all, when my hands are touching Ken, when your hands are touching Ken, that's my hands. And when the rope's running across and cinching and tightening, that's me. Hmm. I like it. That is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And what I want you to do, Sonny, is I want you to take one end and I want you to tie it around your waist like a belt. So there's, there's like a long amount left. Mm-hmm. And it's tied around your belt with a long length. So now, of course, I've tied myself around you. Ah. So that's like my hands wrapped around your waist. Right. So it's as if I'm holding on to your waist while you're tying him. Okay. Okay. And then I want you to take another piece of rope and just tie his thumbs together. Just tie his thumbs together. 
It's just even even more frustrating. We're pantomiming. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and that's going to be, and weirdly, just tying the thumbs together is a bit of a mind fuckery because it almost feels free, but you're not. Oh. Yeah. He, he's now got the cord of his headphones wrapped around his thumbs like, uh-huh, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then, I yeah, like I want you to take that line that comes out of um, out of your waist and then run it between his legs, up his back, and over one shoulder. And that loose end of it, I want you to give it a big tug and pull him into you. Oh, okay. So then, that, and so then the evening would go with me instructing you, and. Ooh. And a lot of times it's just going to be running the rope around, tightening things, um, cinching things, or if you even take that end of the rope and like vibrate it, right? Mm-hmm. Like just wiggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this can also work if it's like one person, uh, two people playing over long distance, uh, where where I would tell you to tie one end of the rope to say a um, uh, some immovable part, like maybe uh, a headboard, yeah? And mm-hmm. then walk all the way out to the length of the rope and then slowly coil yourself into it. So you've got one end that's okay. like taut and stationary. And right. you coil, 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 wrap yourself, and then ends up, with you now coiled against the headboard or a pit. Now, mm-hmm. doing solo bondage at a distance, this is also something that you can get yourself out of because it's just wrapped around you. But a bit right, of struggle, right. bit of stretching around it, and it'll feel like restraint because it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love this. This is awesome. Now I'm like, why aren't more people doing long distance bondage? It, you know, Oh, it requires a it requires a communication in the head trip yeah. and a lot of stuff which you're so good at. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, hmm, hmm. And it Scratching doesn't require fancy knots, right? Right. Which is great because, like, mm-hmm. you know, for for me or any beginner, because like I just can't do like I can't excuse the pun wrap my head around. But yeah, that's where I just get like, oh, am I doing it right? Is it the left and right? Like if somebody just said like, tie this around a wrist, would you be more apt to do it than if they, if you had to do a specific knot and worry about right and left? Uh, I would still, and the reason he's saying that worry about right and left is like, I have a learning disability where I have issues with directions and I seriously have issues with like right and left. Or if someone's like, you know, follow these steps and it has to do with directional stuff, I get it all mixed up. Um, but she can do like calculus in her sleep. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But left no, is hard. Then, left then is you must so be difficult. an expert at areas under a curve. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And standard deviations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what but if, like, what if I said just, uh, what if I said wrap the rope around the wrist and then tie like a shoelace? Yeah, I could. Do, yeah, I that could do that. Easier, yeah. Like some, so something you can relate to. Yeah, I, I could totally relate to that. And I think like, 
for me, the intimidation of rope bondage is like the specific knots and the specific ties and like this one over this one or under that. That's where like my brain explodes. But if someone's just like, wrap it around, you know, maybe like with a direction of like how loose or how tight so I can get that and then just like tie it however or tie it like a shoelace. That's easy. Want to connect with your partner's pleasure even when they're away? Distance often disconnects people, but Satisfyer's new app actually utilizes distance as a way to heighten intimacy. With the Satisfyer Connect app, you can control each other's pleasure devices and see each other's responses in real time. This app is a great way to stay connected with your significant other. I love Satisfyer's devices because they are cutting edge and super affordable. Satisfyer's new line of products is Bluetooth enabled to connect with their award-winning app. You can turn your phone into a remote controlling the motor's speed and vibration length. And you can create and save custom sequences for yourself too. Or if you want, you can put someone else in control of your device anywhere in the world. It's perfect for playing with someone at a distance Or you can also call or chat with your partner through the app with disappearing messages. And if you ever want to end a relationship with another user, you can block them and your digital correspondence will be automatically deleted from the server. Oh, and you can even fuck your favorite song. Yes, I just said that. The music play feature allows you to connect Apple Music or Spotify with your device and it will respond to the beat of the music. Or if your favorite song is your lover's voice, the ambient sound feature will pick up the vibes of their voice. A Satisfier is offering our lucky listeners 40% off and free shipping for all app-enabled devices when you go to Satisfier.com and enter the code SUNNY40, that's S-U-N-N-Y-4-0, at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of those favorite new devices, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com and use the code SUNNY40 for 40% off and free shipping. I think I think in my mind rope bondage is super complex and I'm I'm inventing something that is doesn't well, have to be, you know. You you're actually echoing something that I've noticed in the last 20 to 15 years, right? Like in the last 15 years. Um back in the 80s and 90s on the West Coast, the hot shit tops that did rope were mostly women. Right? They were the ones that were like, ah, you know, rope bondage, that's what that's what the women excel at. And that was not a um, disparaging. That was um, a genre expertise, much in the way that, like, MS relationships were gay boys. Mm-hmm. Right? And heavy leather, gay boys. Right. Um, spanking tended to be more towards, like, the, the straight folks. Right? So there were certain... Um, community trends, if you will, and expertise, right? Whereas uh, shortly after the the turn of the century and with the the explosion of internet forums, not unlike computer programming where, or medicine or or, uh, OBGYN kind of stuff, where the expertise, once it was professionalized with a certain amount of societal status, or subculture status. Men. 
Right. And the language <laughs> has become more masculine, uh, masculine culture-centered and engineering-centered, as opposed to, when you think about it, rope bondage is fiber craft. And who's yeah. traditionally been associated with yeah. textile fiber craft, macrame. Right. Basket weavers. Basket yeah. Weaver. Right. Uh, so... Oftentimes, uh, when I'm teaching, I, I tend to use language that may be associated more with craft and craft and artisanship, as well as what would have been considered women's work, quote unquote. So, referring to knitting, to macrame, to and when I'm talking about like um, uh, doing certain amount of, of self-tie and stuff like that, I'll talk about, okay, you can tie it in the front and turn it around like you would clip your bra and turn the bra around. I know bras. Right. <laughs> For anyone who would wear a bra, you right. know about you clip it in the front and you don't, and then you swing it back. Um, rarely do we put it on and clip it in the back. Right. I, I am this minute old when I found out that fact. What? <laughs> I always assumed you guys did it backwards. Actually, no. Well, actually, <laughs> if you talk to like the bra people that work at the bra stores, yeah. they're like, never clip your bra on the front and turn it around because it, it ruins like the structure and integrity of the way the bra is. Really? And you're supposed to be able to reach behind you and clip I've it. Never... But fuck that shit. I'm not like a boob houdini. Yeah. Like Bo- I'm boobini? putting it on in the front. I'm not a boobini. <laughs> I am putting it on in the front. And I'm twisting that shit around. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never knew that y'all did that. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. And then there's, you know, depending on how big our boobies are, it's kind of like I have to look past my hills to see where the clip is. Oh God, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yep. I haven't seen my feet in decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when I make that analogy, you know, it's it's, and I, and I'll just throw it in there, and like some of my, uh, like the lightning hardness that I invented. Because my, my wife is dyslexic and, and impatient with rope, so I invented a body harness that's based upon crochet. You know, it's so fascinating that you say this because, like, it's it's like you're the rope therapist right now peeling into my psyche because when you use the language where it's like, it's like doing crafts, it's like knitting, it's like, I learned how to knit when I was eight. That's easy. And I'm starting to realize that it is the, and sorry, rope people, you know, if you think I'm talking about you, then, you know, maybe you're the problem, but it's not all rope people, but it's the snobby, like holier than thou, usually men that are in the rope scene that are just like, you know, like, oh, you must do it this way. Oh, that's not the right kind of rope. Oh, you're not a proper. I think they've ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. But what if, imagine that if I said, hey, I want, I, here's some, here's some stringy stuff. And I want you to knit a Sado sweater around Ken. Oh, Yeah. I will knit that Sato sweater. I'll knit like the devil. Yes, I will. Yes. Yeah. And so now that's rope bondage. Well, hell, it's just like person knitting. That's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Rope bondage is person knitting. That's awesome. Yes, sexy person knitting. Like, hi, just totally... 
you know, demystified it for me right there. Seriously, I'm not kidding. Like, you know, why yeah. make the why make it inaccessible if if you know? Uh, yeah, of course. If you know, if I wanted to, uh, if I wanted to make myself feel better by making this inaccessible, and and you know, that's one thing uh, because then I have an ego problem. Uh, right. But, you know, I, I want this to be so accessible that people feel like, oh, I can do this. And then they go and do it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the fear. Like for me, I mean, a yes, I have directional issues. So that doesn't help. But to your point, I did learn to knit and I was fine. I didn't freak out. I think it's it's that intimidation factor that's been bred into like the kink culture of rope that really for me is at the center of what makes it intimidating. And I bet it's the same for a lot of people too. Here's a super simple, stupid, no knot rope bondage. Okay. Okay. And I think you will like the mind fuckery too. All right. Yeah. So let's say you've got Ken standing up there and uh -huh. then, then uh, you give one end of the rope and have him hold it with both hands and say, don't let go. And if you let go of this, the scene stops. Okay, I'm going to tell him because we're pantomiming right now. Ken, don't fucking let go of this. If you do, the scene stops, and then I'll beat your ass. Okay, okay. I, I improv a little. Of course, Mr. Stephen P. Bananas concedes and does whatever you would like, Mr. Okay. <laughs> and then you are holding on to this, like, really long-ass rope, right? And then and while he's standing, you spin him around. You spin him around, like spin, him around spin him around, and just, like, move the rope up and down, and so now, you know, he's wrapped up and looking kind of like a shawarma thing. <laughs> I know exactly. Right, what right, right. Yeah. Wrap, 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 and then take the end of the rope and stick it across um, his mouth like a gag. Oh. There you go, and then tuck the end into one of the the wrap wraps. That's so right. easy. And then while he's standing, hopefully that's like right next to a sofa or a bed, and then shove him down. That's and then so you can kind easy. of roll them about, and then, you know, you can, uh, if you want access to the butt, you can, like, separate out the rope a bit, and then there's the butt cheek, and then, you know, you flip them over, and then, like, separate out the, the wrapping right around the nipples or right around the bits. Yeah, and then you can peg him and pinch his nipples and call him a dirty little bitch. Yeah, yeah. thanks for the ideas, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then when Ken lets go of the rope in his hands, that's the safe word. I love it. I love it. And it's so simple. And you know what's fun is then you take the one end and pull and he goes, wee, and then bump and bump. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So now you have, you have completely demystified rope bondage for me and made it easy. However, I want to like double back to, you know, when you think about, the way rope is portrayed in the rope community. There are these people who are, you know, oh, the the ancient practice of Shabari. I was just going to say, people and that are like, you have to be a seventh degree black belt I'm a in Shibari Shibari master. Only studied on the east side of Tokyo right. at a thousand feet of elevation. So then. Yeah, obviously, I, I don't qualify because I grew up on the west side of Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on the but west I side of Tokyo. 
I want to talk about that because it usually is the people that I'm just like, oh, God, your ego. It's old white dude grandparents. And, 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 and I also want to talk about how does that cross the line into cultural appropriation? Or yeah, my favorite topic. And so at this point, mm-hmm. I also want to um, – this is a topic that I have fortunately been able to talk about more recently. I've been talking about it for years, really, but – um, mostly feeling like I'm screaming into a storm. But lately, mm-hmm. and because of the social justice movement, that my objections as well as my historical conversations have been getting taken more seriously. So I want to thank all the people who are thinking about what does this mean in terms of colonizing sex? What does this mean in terms of the narrative of other cultures and how we may be othering or, or exoticizing. And for anyone out there who's thought about that, I want to thank you because this is a conversation that's worth having. And honestly, um, I've been getting to a point of after decades of trying to, to be heard, I was getting exhausted and, and, feeling like nobody wanted to hear this. And then now there's people who actually do care like you guys. And so I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, so the problem of, of Shibari and cultural representation. Okay. I, I get asked, is wearing a kimono cultural appropriation? Now wearing a kimono in itself is not cultural misappropriation or appropriation in itself. But it's how are we going about this, right? What are we claiming? So when uh, I hear the history of, so-called history of Japanese bondage as some honorable, ancient, um, secret martial practice, if it sounds too good to be true, it is also this this adage applies to human sexual history as well. And when now let's think about in terms of of common quote Western kink, right? We don't talk about okay, so let's say you like to play with handcuffs, which I actually don't recommend playing with handcuffs for wrists because it's really hard on the wrist, although they make awesome cock rings. Oh, that's brilliant. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, awesome cock ring, right? But make sure the keyhole is, is pointing out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, awkward. Oh, the mm-hmm. pinch, but, you know, though. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like but it. let's say that you like to play with handcuffs, right? Mm-hmm. And Or you may have fuzzy handcuffs in your drawer. But let's say you like playing with handcuffs. Does that make you – and where do handcuffs come from? Policing. And does that mean that that playing with handcuffs as is an erotic ritual of American law enforcement? <laughs> God, no, no. <laughs> but does it mean that that there are sexual role playing of law enforcement and fantasy of power inequity that um, Mister and Mrs. or Ms. and Miss average American play with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Is it a dirty fantasy of, of 
the cultural reality of incarceration? Sure. You know, when we look at a St. Andrew's cross, you know, it's like, are we engaging in um, a long ritual of, of Christian purification? Yeah. Because, no, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, next time, you know, I'm playing on, on uh, uh, using cages and uh, cages and, and uh, St. Andrew's crosses, should I be wearing an Inquisitor's robe? Now, there's a scene. <laughs> yes, you should. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, play Monty Python in the background. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Man, the next big gate convention I'm going to, I'm cosplaying like one of the Inquisitors and just breaking in on people's scenes and telling them nobody expects this. Nobody expects I don't care if it's Batman, <laughs> if it's Iron Man, Wonder Woman, whatever. I don't care. And I'm just going to follow along going, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> hey, you want to eat this? <laughs> eat this. Eat this, you heretic. Yeah. Here's a shrimp. Eat it. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, so it is just as, you know, it's, we don't romanticize the Spanish Inquisition, but we romanticize uh, the idea that there's a, a traditional Japanese uh, military form. Well, is there truth to the fantasy of some grain of truth? Yeah, there's a grain of truth in that, you know, law enforcement uses restraints. Uh, do people you know, uh, do people play with straight jackets? Yes, that's from incarceration of uh, people who were deemed societally unfit, right? Uh, and is there a grain of truth to that? Is there a grain of truth of historical source that we borrowed from to feed our dark fantasies? Yes. And, but when it comes to things Asian, so often when honorable and traditional gets put as a prefix, I start to get suspicious of othering and flattening a culture. It is safe to say we are all ready to leave 2020 behind and set new intentions for this year. One of the things that I'm committed to is being more mindful of what I'm putting in my body. Now, last year, my typical dinner was eating an entire bag of potato chips while lounging on my couch. This year, I'm not looking to restrict how much I eat, but an entire year potato chips for dinner has left me feeling sluggish and awful. It has been months since I've seen a vegetable. But changing that reality is easy with Saqqara. Saqqara is a wellness company rooted in the transformative power of plant-based food. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful, plant-rich ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. Their menu of created, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly so you're never going to get bored, and it's delivered fresh anywhere in the United States. Now, along with delicious plant-rich meals, Saqqara also offers daily wellness essentials for optimal nutrition. They have supplement packs, and their Metabolism Super Powder delivers support for gut health, energy, immunity, and healthy skin. 
Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, The New York Times, and more. Oh, and right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash sunny. That's S-U-N-N-Y, or you can enter the code sunny at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A, dot com slash sunny to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash sunny. Support for American Sex Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And big news! Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Now everyone knows Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs. And Ken and I both use these products to help keep trim and tidy and we love them but this new cologne oh my goodness it is the same signature scent that's in all manscaped formulas it's light approachable and oh so masculine in all the right ways it's calming it's inviting and this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and woodsy masculine finish. This 50 milliliter spray cologne is hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. And you have to be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0. It's got all the essentials that you need, including the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulations. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and ball toner to keep your testes besties. Uh, and now you can use new Manscaped refined cologne to complete the set and smell great anytime, anywhere. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. You got to go get it. That's 20% off and free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. And the reality of the roots of sexual bondage comes from erotic entertainment and the red light district porn and fantasy fulfillment for ordinary middle-class Japanese much in the way that when we think of, of uh, sexual images who are the in in the in North America who's the consumer who's a targeted to ordinary people with a little bit of disposable income and it just happens to be, um, its own culture's shadow at past and borrowing from each culture's history of, real history of finding inspiration, dark inspiration and shadow inspiration from each culture's history of violence, oppression and power inequity. I, I remember listening to somebody talking about how they, they weren't going to play with uh, whips and floggers anymore because of the history of of violent uh, of slavery and the violence against enslaved people in America. But the same person turned around and talked about uh, practicing traditional Japanese bondage, and I was like, "Great, 
what life in Asia is so cheap that you don't care, you don't really care about the violence that was part of, of a cultural historical reality. These were ways in which prisoners were incarcerated. Mm. Why does that somehow make it honorable? Yeah. Yeah, it was a martial art. That's that's part of part of the inspiration, like you know, like the granddaddy's uncle's cousin, as opposed to direct ancestry. Yeah, there's a part of the DNA, but it's only because of the the fantasy in the culture, cultural history. Um, kink, in a lot of ways, is playing with with shadow. And and that's what humans do. That doesn't make each individual who has a fuzzy handcuff or a St. Andrew's cross or a straight jacket or plays with rope bondage the the perpetrator of of institutionalized violence. But our fantasies borrow from institutionalized power inequity. Oh, I just got really nerdy, didn't I? No, you're, you know, you're, this is actually uh, along these lines, subjects that have been coming up in in some of my conversations on social media and whatnot. And really, like, I'm on the same page with you that almost everything we do in kink is borrowing from very real, very violent, very horrible, oppressive structures. You know, like you were saying, the whips, the floggers collars republicans like, <laughs> republicans yeah <laughs> like um but you know th- we need to recognize that even though yes we're playing with this like the person you were saying like i don't want to play with floggers anymore because they used to be used in you know slavery or horrible things it's like we have the privilege right now to play with these things that at one point in time it when used in reality without consent and not in a structure of play were horrible, but we have the privilege to now play with these things in a safe container to eroticize them. And it doesn't mean like, oh, these things are horrible and bad. Or to your point, like we have to then turn these things into actually they were something honorable because we can't face the truth. Um, it's just, I don't know. We have to, I think, be more cognizant of the realities of these things. And I also think that white people, we invented racism. We did it as a system of oppression. If you really want to eliminate it and you want to own it, maybe not go after the thing that is BDSM recreational fund, but instead try to defund the police, act political, do something to actively dismantle racism and not something that is a great, great, great grandfather of an item used in a racist thing. Don't take away my single tail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Another aspect is, uh, I, I will, I've, I've heard people assume that, that rope bondage is a cultural art in Japan, respected commonly and openly. And that, that's like a fantasy that people have. And it is entirely untrue that it is a sex craft. In fact, recently there was a um, uh, there was a University of Kyoto situation where uh, a contemporary rope performer was brought on as as part of like some sort of an academic symposium, 
And they got so much. I mean, it, it would have been like, uh, you know, we, we know when uh, sex workers and sexual uh, professional performers show up on college campuses, you know, they get blowback in the U.S., right? Oh, Same yeah. thing happens in Japan. Oh. So the idea that that Japanese bondage is somehow equal social status to, say, uh, koto or uh, traditional dance or shamisen uh, or kabuki theater is entirely a fantasy and a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. Because this is not a topic that you discuss in public, even if half of the room go to love hotels or pervy ass bars and, or buy porn with, with tentacles and rope bondage and weirdo aliens. You don't talk about that at the dinner table with Nana mm-hmm. and you're not going. And, and I like to think of this as a sex craft, right? Um, and it's not something that's talked about in polite society. That doesn't mean that there isn't some expertise to it. And I want to point out to an American equivalent, which is floggers. American or North American floggers, uh, as we have it today, and flogging skills are like the best. I I tell you, American flogging skills, I wish people would talk about and hold in pride that floggers are made exquisitely. Uh, and the skills are developed gloriously. I, I learned from the likes of, of Guy Baldwin and Race Bannon and Mr. Dawson, like a bunch of gay men from uh, the 80s in L.A., right? And mm-hmm. the American floggers are amazingly made. You go to Japan, and, and the floggers there really poorly made. So when, when I'm going to a dungeon or play party in Japan, I take my floggers with me and they're like, <gasps> because they've never seen quality <laughs> like that. Wow. Right? And the movement and how we use floggers mm-hmm. is, is really something to, to behold. And, you know, even, you know, even those mildly competent uh, people who can flog in North America is likely better than most of the pros in Japan. Wow. Wow. Yeah, precision, aim, rhythm, movement, um, the quality of the hide, the craftsmanship, so good. Mm. I, I I will pull out just, you know, like enough to like take to a club in, in Tokyo and they'll be like <gasps> ooing and eyeing. Wow. And this is like stuff that, you know, I... I by at, at leather conferences mm-hmm. off the rack yeah wow of course i had recently a year ago half of my floggers stolen so i had to like replenish oh stuff, but... i remember that that was so yeah. sad but yeah i want to recognize that that north american flogging style is amazing and we just absolutely take it for granted right we go ooh and ah about this thing that we actually misunderstand, but not recognize this thing that is so beautiful and unique. Now, I've seen beautiful floggers in Europe, but sorry, Europeans. Wow. 
the Americans have won over like on on the you know are better than the Europeans at something. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what? I want to give a shout out to the Aussies because they are the best whip oh, yeah, makers yeah. in the world yeah. by far. Like Australians make better whips, make better whips of You're any talking kind single than tails, anyone yeah. else. The, single tails yeah, specifically. The, yeah. All the variants of the the one 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 tail variety. Yeah. yeah, the Australians and the kangaroo leather on that. Yeah, the single tail is and incredible. its family the best are Australians. Now, when you think about it, these are both um, uh, cattle ranching cultures. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I am, I go back to Japan and I'm showing off my American floggers. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've I've had some like hot scenes over there with floggers, and they're like have no idea what to expect. And then there's like bam, you know the 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 whole like California style flogging skills, which is where you yeah. know I learned it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a particular thing called uh, California twirl. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, um, yeah. So I'm working hard on on getting uh, you know, especially when I get to go back home to Japan next after in the after pandemic time, mm-hmm. I will be, I'll be doing more of that. But um, yeah. So in terms of appreciation, how to really appreciate Japanese yeah. rope bondage is to understand that it is an evolving sex craft, pleasure craft that has much to do with sex work and the sexual underground more so than an imagined last samurai kind of thing, mm-hmm. and to I and to not whitewash over the sex work history, because there's a propensity to like poo-poo the influence of sex workers in making this a visually beautiful and uh, making this a visually beautiful, socially competitive erotic form. Mm-hmm. And it's rooted in sex work and the sexual subculture. And I, I sometimes smell a bit of uh, sex negativism in the insistence of erasing its earthy, gritty, human, red light district, gray area, marginal, marginalized cultural history. Yeah. Wow. So next time somebody listening hears somebody say like, oh, the ancient honorable art of Shibari. And they're like, oh, God, I listened to this podcast with Midori. And um, where can they refer to people? I know like there was an article that you wrote. Was it in the Spectrum Boutique blog? Like where can we direct people to learn more about this stuff? So Spectrum Boutique the article in there. Uh, I also have office hours very frequently in my Patreon, and I have some uh, classes and discussions. I made uh, an article about uh, considerations of contemporary shibari in my Patreon, so I I would suggest that. And I am also teaching online various opportunities oh i have a really fun class video 
called Rope mm-hmm. Bondage Sense and Sensuality Exercise. Is this the one? It's is it on YouTube? Because I'm going to link that in the show yeah. notes. I'm going to link that. I'm going to link. Uh, yeah, that one is uh, in, Spectrum. That one is in Patreon. But oh, okay. I do have um, Easy Release Two Column Tie on my YouTube, and I'll send you. Yes, and I'll upload my uh, Lightning Harness, which is the one based on crochet. I, I have that video. I need to upload it. I'll send you the link. Cool. Erotic human knitting. Yeah. And by the way, I was going to ask, I just saw this morning, I was taking a look at um, Twitter and I saw that you're teaching an interrogation class and I'm super excited Wait, about when that. is it? First of all, when's oh, the date of this? <laughs> when are you teaching I am, it? Is it too um, soon? I don't know when this show is coming out, but I'm teaching it on January 23rd uh, through Wicked Grounds. Which, okay. Civilization might Maybe, still be around then. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like and, after the uh, 20th, we'll... <laughs> Um, military scenes, uh, interrogation scenes, and military play. And I'm going to talk about the distinction between the two, the psychological motivations, the different types of play. And I also want to talk about how this might give us space to vent our energy Mm -hmm. in this, like, complicated, painful time. Because I, I don't want... There's a lot of ways to play with this, and and so often we get stuck in a little stereotype. Did you all see the little graphics I created for this? I did. Yes, yes. And I thought it was brilliant. Please by the way. describe. Okay, so there's the cliche about military and interrogation play, right? Which is kind of jackbooted thugs and um, or uh, uh, the uh, the Empire mm-hmm. and uh, Star Wars kind of look. Um, but the, the graphics has a salmon pink background, sort of almost camo Mm -hmm. and a 19th century Japanese lady in full armor. And so her beautiful femme hair and face is showing and she is in, in ceremonial formal armor holding her helmet. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm fully conscious that I wanted to take it out of the cliché. I also wanted uh, POC and fem, feminine representation with ferocity. Mm-hmm. And that we can also borrow from all sorts of historical perspectives. Because, sure, do you know, could I uh, uh, tap into my cultural history? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, now think about this military play, combine it with equine play, but take it to Japan. And what do you have? You have a Kurosawa movie scene where maybe I am, the Tomoe goes and the, the, the uh, warrior lady upon my military, uh, military steed that will mm. trample all over you. I love it. I so, love yeah. it. The idea and it's of just the a war horse, yeah, yeah. It's just a testament to, you know, kink being so custom. I think we're we're so caught up in the, 
uh, the traditional archetypes that we see repeated over and over and over. And this is just a testament to kink being completely customizable to whatever you want. An interrogation scene doesn't mean I'm going to take you to a black site and torture your military torture. I saw a great interrogation scene on one of my favorite TV series. Yeah. Which one? The um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, yes. And there is a scene, I was watching this last night because that show makes me happy, where there's a prisoner in the super secret Fire Nation prison where the the prisoner is tied to a chair and the chair is turned upside down and the evil warden is going, you better tell me who your accomplices are. So here is an interrogation scene that is designed for 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. There it is, right there on Avatar, The yep. Last Airbender. Yep. I and I would it. love to play an evil uh, warden of a Fire Nation black site person. <laughs> You're evil. You will eat this thing. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I will, Mistress Firebender. <laughs> and then, you know, because I'm a Firebender oh evil warden it's going to be like um you know a, a habanero ball in like oh. covered in wasabi powder oh. <laughs> no oh, god seriously though I, I love your brain i speak for ken ken <laughs> loves your brain too we all love your brain and by the way as always i wanted to say thank you for your service for those of you that don't know that uh, midori is a veteran oh, much like you. myself and i just wanted to say thank you again as always because we're some yeah. of the good ones just saying yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. taking oh, the skills goodness. i learned and turning it into pervertibles Exactly, exactly. So for those listening along, you know, as we said, I will have um, the links to some of your videos, to your Patreon, to the Spectrum Boutique article, to all of your social media. And is there anything before we before we end? Is there anything we missed that you want to say? Parting words? Uh, any, anything you want us to eat? Like parting shots? Anything? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to, to to like, you know, let their inner evil children out and have a good time playing with each other. Yes. Tie those shoelaces to the desk. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Midori. Thank this you has so been much. amazing. <laughs> and uh, this has been our, this has been our yearly conversation with Midori. I think we got to pair this down to at least our like by year is yeah, it by yearly is that how you say six months yeah you're by so yeah by, by yearly <laughs> i'm biracial i'm bisexual by yearly now by yearly okay that works <laughs> all right oh thank you midori we oh, love you. you all righty bye-bye bye Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, 
please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.